Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we discuss how to live occupationally as well as how to incorporate fine motor skills and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Today in Season 2, we finish YourTherapySource.com's School Therapy Tips talking about self-calming activities, and then we're going to do a few more topics to finish off the school year, take our summer hiatus, and come back with early September with Season 3, talking more school therapy tips, and then even more school therapy tips, as well as OT's role across the continuum, across the settings, God willing. So today, let's talk self-calming activities for children, some ideas to help kids calm down. Nowadays, kids are overstimulated and over but have an overabundance of technology and an overabundance of different devices back in the olden days we talked about this the other day we could just be happy with simple things and very non-tech devices very low-key devices back in the olden days they would play with who knows what a wooden ball or a wooden piece of a wooden stick and whatnot even a couple of generations ago they would play stickball on the light and everybody would be calm and everybody would be happy but nowadays with the advent of technology and all these different things it's hard for kids to feel engaged and to feel focused and they need more and more things more and more stimulating things to be involved and to be happy really it should be that we could simplify it and have kids be happy and be calm but that doesn't always work so let's think of some activities some tips for kids to calm down especially if they feel overwhelmed or overstimulated first of all in every classroom it would be a good idea as well as throughout the school to have a calm room or a calm area or a quiet area a lot of times we only think about it once the crisis is out of control but really there is a bell curve I took an autism course, a course on children with autism, and different ideas popped up. And one of the main things they talked about was this bell curve. And it doesn't really just apply to kids that have autism, but kids in general. There is a bell curve. There is a continuum. You could see when the agitation starts. And that's when you start going up that bell curve, going up the bell curve. It's like the beginning stages. It's like the rumbling, they called it, where you see that something's not right, he's getting a little agitated, he's getting a little upset, get a little upset, it starts cr- climbing, increasing more and more and more and more and more. Then there's something called the point of no return where the tantrum literally starts and you're just playing catch-up and they're not going to be able to calm down. They're at that bell curve and then finally they calm down, they simmer down and hopefully they flatten out and plateau and become back to normal. Anybody that has a little kid or a toddler can attest to the fact that the tantrum stage can follow this bell curve also. It's not children that have autism that have these behaviors, but even little kids, little toddlers, anyone that ever saw a little kid kicking and screaming in a toy store or a grocery store or any supermarket or the like can attest to this fact where it's hard to get the kid to move and you can't move them. You can't get them to, to be mobile or anything while they're in this stage. They're, it's as if it's like um, a different kind of thing took over them and they're acting in a certain way and we can't get them to calm down until the whole fit, quote-unquote, until the whole episode, quote-unquote, until the whole behavior passes and they calm themselves down. But there's a way to nip this in the bud beforehand. We have to see the behaviors, notice the behaviors, see the twitches, see see the, the rumblings in our children. If we see them starting to bite their lip or see them starting to move their fingers around or see them starting to get fidgety or the like, we can recognize these as warning signs and 
prevention is really the best cure. We have to try to get it beforehand. So the best idea really is just to have those areas throughout the school, especially in the classroom, have a quiet area, have a sensory area, have a calming room, a quiet room. In one of the schools I worked in, in all the years before the Board of Ed, when I came to the Board of Ed, they had this idea. They didn't just have what was the crisis room, quote unquote, the room that where a kid was actively having a, a tantrum, actively having a dangerous episode where he's a danger to himself or others. A lot of times they have this room that's fully padded, and if the kid feels the need to scream, feels the need to punch or try to hurt himself, it's fully safe, fully calm, and fully padded, so he can't hurt himself or anyone else. But before we get to that point, there are these calming rooms, like a sensory room, a snooze living room, where if they feel the need, they feel the agitation, they feel their behaviors climbing up, they feel that they need to find the space, they can go to the calming room, the quiet room. And that's another tier. But really, the first tier is to have that quiet area in your own classroom. As it starts a little bit, you get a little bit of an itch that I need to have a little bit of these behaviors that are coming. Let's try to scratch that itch in a functional, optimal way where you're in the classroom. You just go to the area. Timmy, I see you're getting agitated. Do you want to go to the quiet area? Would you like to take a book? Would you like to sit on the sensory bowl? Would you like to sit on a therapy bowl or medicine bowl? Would you like to sit on the beanbag, sit on the couch? Would you like to see the lights? Would you like to play with some beads? Yada, yada, yada. Let them do that. Then if that doesn't work, let them go to the calm, quiet room if such a room exists in your school or in your community. And then if that doesn't work, many schools have that extra padded room, but that doesn't always happen. They don't always have that, but we could try to get it to begin with. So the quiet area is for reducing stimulation can help children to calm down. It allows a child to retreat to a quiet area to calm down, such as a corner in a classroom with pillows or a comfortable couch at home with a blanket. If you see them getting agitated, let them go to that area before it gets worse. Deep breathing, number two. Children can practice deep breathing. Slowly inhale through the nose. Sometimes I would even say hold it for two seconds, three seconds, five seconds, depending on the age of the kid and the ability of them to follow. And then slowly exhale out of the mouth. Repeat several times. Then you could have listened to music. Number three, turn on some soft, quiet music. You'd use headphones so as not to distract others in, if necessary. You could also make the room have mood lighting or calm lighting or decrease the sensation of the overstimulatory environment. We talked about this, how there's way too much on the boards, way too many colors, way too much lights. A lot of times if you just turn off the lights, very simple solution for kids to calm down and feel less stimulated and less overwhelmed. Wrap up in a blanket. Number four, wrap yourself up tightly in a blanket or a sleeping bag to calm down. That gives the proprioceptive feel where kids feel like they're being hugged. They feel like they're in the burrito. They feel like they're in a hamburger or in a bun, and it's a nice sensation. It feels like they're being hugged. A lot of times we recommend the sensory-weighted vest, which gives a similar input, gives a similar idea. They feel the squeezing. They feel not the squeezing, but they feel the input and the sensation of the vest, of the input, of the weight, and it's as if they're getting that wonderful feeling for them all day. Number five, give yourself a hug. Cross arms across chest and give yourself a big squeeze for 10 seconds. Relax and repeat. Again, giving that nice proprioceptive feel to yourself in order to get that input that is so needed. 
Number six, give yourself a massage. Gently rub and squeeze your hands, shoulder, and elbows to try and relax and to try to ease the tension out of the muscles and throughout the body. Number seven, exercise. We talked about this many times. There's yoga for kids, tai chi for kids, zumba for kids, go noodle. Get moving. Exercise can help to calm the body. Try yoga, dancing, jogging, jumping rope, or walking. Exercise outdoors for additional benefits. If you have the ability, you have the space, you have where in the community for that doing get bike riding or scooter riding or out it's better than when you're sitting and you're just having a stationary bike or the like and you're just staring at a window if you actually bike ride i always found real bike riding better than stationary bike riding because you see the outdoors you see the environment you feel the wind hitting your face and you you see the houses zipping by and the like nothing better than that so exercise is very important too we also want to make sure that they have the redirections. Children need to learn when he or she may need to try something else for a period of time. Children need to learn when to walk away and take a breather. Encourage the child so that an activity to an activity that will help him or her calm down, such as a sensory bin, coloring, or playing with clay or Play-Doh. Also, number nine, slow rhythmic movement. Sit in a rocking chair or a swing and swing on the swing. If nothing is available, sit on your bottom and hug your knees. Gently rock back and forth on your bottom, getting you that sensation, getting you that ability to feel calmer. And lastly, heavy work activities. Participate in activities that require you to push, to pull, or to carry items. And these could be related to and incorporated in classroom chores and classroom jobs. We talked about this last year. Giving kids different chores and different tasks around the classroom allows them to do that. So if you have a couple of books that are slightly heavy, you can have them carried across the room, bring them to the cubby. You have a sheet of papers that have to go to the office, or you have a a box that has to go back to the office. Let them carry it and let them have that input sensation. Try walking with a stack of books, pull a loaded wagon, or push a friend on a swing. Again, these were just some ideas for self-calming activities for children. Thanks to yourtherapysource.com. Join us next time as we talk about some handwriting tips and some other therapy ideas here in the last few weeks of OT Talk Season 2. And I'm your host, Mr. T.